This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. At Alma, we know the connection between you and your therapist matters. But if you're already feeling stressed and burnt out, the idea of trying to find a therapist you really connect with can be overwhelming. That's why Alma's focused on helping you find the right therapist for you. When you browse their online directory, you can filter by the qualities that are most important to you. Then book free 15-minute consultations with any therapist you're interested in seeing. And because 95% of therapists at Alma accept insurance, you can find care that's affordable too. You want to talk to someone, but not just anyone. Alma is there to help you find the right fit. Visit helloalma.com slash therapy30 to schedule a free consultation today. That's helloalma.com slash therapy30. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Here we go. Jake and Josh are here to analyze the game they love for the team they love. This is another Dolphins Podcast. Here's your host, Jake Mendel and Josh Houts. Thanks for tuning in to another edition of another Dolphins Podcast. Week 14 is just about in the books, but there is one game left on the schedule. That is the Miami Dolphins hosting the Tennessee Titans on Monday Night Football They say it's better late than never, and we are here to give you our game preview for Miami's 13th game of the 2023 NFL season. And in order to do that, I got to welcome in Joshua Houts. Josh, how you doing, my friend? I'm doing great, man. I mean, I know it's Sunday. We don't have the Dolphins games, but we did get to enjoy some great football earlier today, right? I mean, that uh, Ravens game I was watching in the quad box, my kids actually let me watch football. So I've been able to just sit back, enjoy it, and see what's going on in fantasy football. And, um, you know, prepare myself for this Monday night game that's coming up. And, um, you know, as the chips fell, we had a pretty nice Sunday indeed. So I'm doing great, man. How have you been? Won both my fantasy games. I did what it was, what I was hoping would happen. And that's if you rub it in, rub it in. Oh man. That's, I mean, when you had a kicker scoring 21 points, let me tell you, Uh, I was six and one in that league. I'm saying I've completely collapsed. Like rub it in, rub my face and crap, dude, you're in the playoffs and I'm sitting at home just watching. I think I was like, what? The one seed that just missed the playoffs, and I at one point it was looking so nice. Typical God, house. It's, it's crazy, but that's kind of like fantasy sports, and that's kind of sports in general, right? It's so hard to sustain the success. It's the law of averages. Like, if you're going bananas for weeks, I mean, Josh, your team looked awesome. I mean, you had two, uh, Tyreek, Brees Hall, I think, was on that team. But as you look at those guys, I mean, Tyreek Hill's the unique example. But, I mean, keep in mind, the entire NFL season, there are so many twists and turns. You can't go nuclear for 17 straight games and have that sustained success. That's just not how it works. Yeah, and I'm in a super flex league, dude. 
I'm in a super flex league. I'm the highest scoring team, and I'm missing the playoffs. I'm like five and eight or something. Oh. Fantasies, you know, I, I say it's a lot more luck than it is, you know, actually knowing things, but um, it's 50-50, I think. But, um, you know, there's some good and some bad, and that's just fantasy football. But with the Miami Dolphins, man, it's been nothing but good. You are not wrong about that, Joshua Houts. It was a very good Sunday for the Miami Dolphins. It started with the one o'clock games. The Cleveland Browns led by Joe Flacco. I said it, Joe Flacco took care of business against the Jacksonville Jaguars. The Jags, as of last weekend, before they fell in prime time, were the one seed in the AFC. So that's where we're keeping track of them. But a second straight loss does do Miami a massive, massive favor. So that was a huge win for the Miami Dolphins, despite not playing. As you scroll through the list, Joshua, it was a great day until the Rams and Ravens got to overtime. The Ravens ended up winning 37 to 31 over the Rams, improving to 10 and 3 on the year. The Rams now, excuse me, Baltimore now has the number one seed in the conference, Joshua Houts, but that can change on Monday night when the Dolphins play against the Titans. But the one game that everybody's talking about, whether you're mad, happy about it, some people are just flat out confused. The Buffalo Bills escaped Kansas City with a 20-17 to win over the Chiefs. Joshua Houts, should Miami Dolphin fans be happy knowing that the Chiefs are 8-5? and five? That's two games up in the loss column that the Miami Dolphins have for that one seed. But all of a sudden, at 7-6, and six, the Buffalo Bills, you hear the bum, 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 bum. There's that slight heartbeat, and some fans, man, I got to tell you, are horrified. I, I honestly one- think I'm one of the. I think I might be one of those fans. Oh, no. I mean, I'm I'm que- I'm definitely queasy, man. I would have much rather have taken, um, you know, stepped on the jugular and taken out the Buffalo Bills and you know seen the Kansas City Chiefs win this game. But I know people a lot smarter than me are saying if the Dolphins want that number one seed, you know, they want to potentially be that number one seed in the AFC. You know, have home field advantage, not have to play. You know, at Arrowhead Stadium, this was a good thing for the Dolphins. So, um, I hate to see the Buffalo Bills have any lifeline. We saw the reports going around from Tyler Dunn. Great reporter, man, just leaking a nuke right now. I thought the Bills were down and out. But like you said, man, they got a little bit of a heartbeat. You hear that Jaws music. I would have much rather put them out of their misery. But if that means we can give them hope until the last week of the season when the Dolphins put them out of their misery, that might be the ultimate, uh, um, you know, that might be the greatest thing ever. I'm in such a weird spot, man, because, I mean, I said it for weeks, like that 1%, like Miami had a 1% chance of missing the playoffs. Like that 1% never felt so large, right? When does it become 100? What do we need to become? Like, can we win tonight? And is it 100? Like, we got to be close. We got to be close to getting that at least a playoff spot locked up, right? Or am I crazy? Is the AFC that? I don't know, man. I I hate this numbers crap. I think you're when does that smart dude? <laughs> when does a smart dude come on NBC tonight and do that? You know who I'm talking about. He comes on and shows you the projections and things. Oh, what's his I name? Forget he what his name is. Pants. Oh, what's his name? Oh, he looks so sophisticated. Oh. It looks like you, basically. I mean, you're up there pointing out. I think feel like you could be up there, man, for sure. I, ch- just, I trust whatever you said. That's why I hope just, you drop the numbers for me because I have no idea. No idea. Maybe we'll do that for Wednesday. I'll go on like a three-minute spiel about all the different things that could happen. Um, they got to be really close. They're up three games in the lost com over the Buffalo Bills. Things will be a lot more easier after t- uh, tomorrow night because of the fact that the Miami Dolphins have played one extra game right now. And us not being math guys, it kind of warps things a little bit. So it's easier when everyone's played the same amount of games. God, man, it's so difficult because I understand. I understand the fear of playing the Buffalo Bills, the fear that. I mean, I don't even know if it's a fear, it's acceptance that Josh Allen on any given week can be the best player in the NFL and there's nothing you can do to stop him. But I mean, 
this Dolphins team, they're playing to win a Super Bowl, right? You want to beat the Bills. You want to win the AFC. But the message all year, Bradley Chubb, Jalen Ramsey, it doesn't matter who you ask. They are talking about, hey, winning the division's great. Getting the one seed's great. But what we want to do is bigger than both of those things, and that's win a Super Bowl. And in order to do that, in order to get yourself in the best situation to succeed, you got to not worry about the Buffalo Bills. I think that... After 20 years of just brutal football being torched time and time again, the pain, the suffering, I think we're in a situation where some fans are a little, they want to accept losing the best way possible in a weird kind of messed up way. If the Dolphins are going to collapse, the Buffalo Bills cannot be the team to overcome them. But man, like, I don't want to live in that universe. I don't want to live in a universe where we're close to that. And in order to escape that universe, you got to be looking at that one seed, man. You're up three games in the lost column. Buffalo has to play in Miami, and this is going to be a team that's absolutely pissed about that week four loss if week 18 even matters. I understand the fears, but, but man, we, we got to be looking at that one seed. Yeah, we do, but we, we also got to remember, I mean, they are the boogeyman, though, right? I mean, what was the, how many times have we beaten them in the last, you know, X amount of years since Josh Allen came around? I mean, we keep talking about the playoff win where we almost won with Skylar Thompson, and I think Tua might have beat him once, right? When uh, Josh Allen skipped that rock in the ground, I think that might have been... One out of the last 10, something crazy like that. Yeah, it's yeah, insane. no, Buffalo so, is the scary monster, I, I feel So you. they're the boogeyman, So and I keep going back to, I think it was Adam Beasley's tweet, I think we talked about in the last pod about how the Dolphins might have to beat them in Week 18 to not have to play them in Week 19, or in the playoffs or something like that and dude I would hate to play the Bills back to back I mean they are the boogeyman I would have much rather seen the dagger you know go straight through their heart and end their season uh, you know Sean McDermott on the way turmoil but they still got a lifeline and now we're gonna have to see the way the chip falls um but I think the Dolphins um you know they're gonna take it one game at a time and it starts tomorrow night against the Tennessee Titans man because we're sitting here talking about all these great things that happen but none of it happens if the Dolphins go out there and on Monday night Never. do what we see them doing previous times right I mean um, they've been a team this year that have taken care of business and being able to, you know, not play down to their opponent and, you know, beating the lesser teams. But if they, for some reason, lose to Will Levis and the Tennessee Titans, good God, Jake, then we're talking about a whole nother, uh, you know, hysteria that's going around this Miami Dolphins team, despite how awesome this season started. See the issue here, man. And like, let, let, let's get into this idea of the boogeyman. Let's go into that 80s slasher type mindset. Think about Michael Myers. Think about all of these scary, scary, um, uh, Mental hurdles, hurdles that these uh, teenagers have to overcome. They have to not go into the abandoned warehouse. They have to not get strangled by a cordless phone. That's how easy. They always do. They, they always, always do. do. So, Josh, in order to avoid the boogeyman, it's not knowing that he's in the house. Stay the hell away from the house. Go the other street. Go down the other direction. You take care of your own games. You win the games you're supposed to. And you don't even have to think about the boogeyman. Isn't that how you... How you I'm going to say when, isn't that how you beat uh, Freddy Krueger in the Nightmare on Elm Street? You just, hey man, you're, you're a fraud. You just tell him to his face that he's a fraud and everything goes back to normal. I'm not going to say it to the Bills. The Bills scare me a lot more than that. I just talked about how great Josh Allen can be. But we can acknowledge that there is a boogeyman in the house down the street, three houses down on the left that we should never go near. We don't have to take those directions, man. We don't have to go near that house at all. We can just go the other way. Maybe uh, there'll there'll be some friendly neighbor neighbors. They'll have some candy out on Halloween, and it'll be a good time. Yeah, and a funny story, real quick. When I was a kid, apparently I wanted the Crypt Keeper and uh, Freddy Krueger and Jason to be my babysitter. My parents told me I don't know. They used to watch Crypt, uh, you know, Tales from the Crypt late at night. I was really into that stuff, so I have vivid memories, dude, of the uh, Freddy Krueger. So, um, you know, they are a boogeyman, but at the same time, to your point, Jake. 
yes, we've been traumatized. Yes, we have only beaten them X amount of time. Well, once out of the X, last X amount of games. But this is a different staff on hand, right? This is Mike McDaniel. This is Vic Fangio. We got Jalen Ramsey now. You know, this is a different defense that has come together. This offense looks explosive as ever. So um, you're right a little bit. Yes, they are the boogeyman. We both agree on that. But um, I think we have the antidote to take down the Buffalo Bills. And you're right. We shouldn't be worried about them. We should be trying to win the AFCs. But even on top of that, get that number one seed in the AFC because the Dolphins have looked unstoppable at home and that's what we want right those home games at hard rock stadium with all those dolphin fans going nuts jake i really wish we could be down there to witness one of those games soon my friend soon i cannot wait until we're there just obliterated i don't care from the nosebleeds it would be the most fun we could ever have just being at a football game together it's coming soon i promise you that selling a little or a lot Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow, whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast josh you were talking about how the miami dolphins are one of the best teams at hard rock stadium and that will be put to the test on monday night football the dolphins are five and oh at home so far this season and end the year with four of five games at hard rock stadium you can't ask for much more than that before we get into some of the key matchups here let's t- start with some injury updates the one that i think caught everyone by surprise jerome baker was placed on injured reserve just days after the impression was hey he's gonna come back the injury isn't as bad as we thought but with seven of eight ir spots taken up joshua jerome baker's um the rest of his season's kind of in doubt here after suffering that knee injury against the jets on black friday yeah, and I mean, I think when we originally saw it, right, it all looked it looked pretty brutal. Then we heard it was week to week, I think, and we thought, okay, we were all optimistic that Jerome Baker was going to be out there. We've seen, you know, I think I was down on him a few times this year, but he has had an awesome season with that neck roll. Um, it sucks that he's out, but they do have one more spot where they can bring him back. I think some people have said maybe they bring back Isaiah Wynn, but I think my initial impression with Isaiah Wynn was that he was out for the season. So uh, we'll see which one of those guys they end up bringing back. But just to think that potentially you're getting Isaiah Wynn back maybe for the playoff push or you're getting Jerome Baker back for that defense. Um, that's something that we all should keep an eye on. You know, I emoji a little bit, but it sucks to lose, lose Jerome Baker. But I do have to say – um. Duke Riley stepped up, right? We talked about him being a special teams player, but uh, we saw him in coverage. He was very well, uh, played very well in this last game, and I think he had eight total tackles when he came in there in relief. So it's very unfortunate we lost Jerome Baker. We know Brandon Jones was hustling to make that tackle. Very unfortunate hit, but Duke Riley looked like he was the next man up, and he looked like he was ready for that moment. So um, 
next man up mentality, right? We'll see what happens. We'll probably all witness this on hard knocks, but I'm intrigued to see what Jerome uh, Duke Riley can do, but it definitely sucks losing Jerome Baker for the foreseeable future. I mean, the next man up mentality has been such an important part of this Miami Dolphins defense. And dude, I, I, I send this in the DMs to you a couple times a week, but I mean, I absolutely love Vic Fangio because he was asked about Duke Riley coming to the game and he kind of echoed what we heard from the likes of David Long Jr. earlier in the season. It's well, it, it was Duke Riley's turn to step up and he did just that. And you could tell some reporters really wanted to give Duke Riley that, that superhero type perspective because they were asking Fangio, it's like, well, why do you trust Duke Riley to have the blue dot over someone like David Long? And it might've been viewed that Vic Fangio was kind of discrediting Duke Riley with his response, but I didn't really feel that way because Fangio was basically like, well, yeah, Duke Riley got the blue dot because that's his job. Where someone like David Long, he's only out there in the base packages. Once we're moving to the nickel, he's off the field where it didn't necessarily seem like the Vic Fangio wanted to be like over the moon impressed with Duke Riley. It was actually crediting him like, Hey, he knew what his job was. We don't have to make this a bigger deal than it was. He was the one calling the place. He did a great job, but I mean, we knew he was going to do that. We didn't think this is something that he wouldn't be able to handle. And I think as we've seen these guys, man, week after week coming to the starting lineup, uh, whether it's Liam Eichenberg starting at center, we've seen these guys, their confidence grow week by week. And I think that was what we saw at a Duke rally. We just saw that someone new came into the game. They were so confident that they were able to do their job to a high standard and a high level. And, and instead of Vic Vanjo being like, wow, yeah, Duke Riley was so impressive. He's just saying, yes, we expected this from him. He did a great job, but I mean, this shouldn't come as a surprise to anyone. We know what we have in these guys in the locker room. And the message is a little different. It's not what we're used to. It's not the same flashy, fun sound bites, man. But I think it says a lot just about the mindset of all of these players. Yeah, and Duke Riley in particular. I did a quick uh did a quick cut up of what he did last week, did a quick article on the Finsider, but he basically, you know, said I practice every day like I'm that guy, like I'm wearing that green dot, whether I'm playing four string, whether I'm, you know, starting or whatever. So um again, he's now thrust into that role. We'll see what he can do there. Channing Tindall, I, uh, you know, jokingly posted that highlight. I told you I was going to do it. He had a hat trick. He had three total tackles at the end of the last game. So um, we'll see if he gets some more reps. And then we have to, you know, we can't overlook Andrew Van Ginkle, right? We knew that he took some reps at inside linebacker. So maybe he gets in some role there. But um, between David Long, Duke Riley, I'm going to say Channing Tindall. Um, He's Andrew listed Van as Ginkle. a starter. Oh, is he? Channing oh, Tindall's oh, listed man. as your starting right inside linebacker. Okay, see, I've I, family's been sick this week. Haven't been able to pay much attention, but now I'm getting chills, man. Are we gonna get I don't that? Buy it. I don't uh, <laughs> no. I, what I say, I think I put out that I think I said he was like a Duke, uh, Duke Nukem car, or uh, I can't remember the game. Twisted Metal, Twisted Metal, yeah, uh, like Lightning McQueen and Twisted Metal. That's what I kept saying that Channing Tindall was, and um, so far. Pfft. Egg on my face. But um, again, that that unit, it's the next man guy up mentality at the beginning of the year. I think the last two or three years, Jake, I said the Dolphins need a linebacker. You know, we need to get some linebacker depth. And um, it looks like maybe egg on my face because these guys are stepping up. Do have to know Duke Riley signed through next season. He signed a two year deal worth five million dollars. So he will be back next year on a relatively short deal. So we'll see what he can do with these viable snaps that he now has no choice but to take. Right. We're entering the holiday season, Josh, and I don't know if you're like me, but growing up, there was always those few cousins you would only see during the holidays. Outside of that, during the year, you would not see them at all. The Miami Dolphins, for the second time, have signed Calvin Munson off of New England's practice squad. Both times it's happened in December. This is the third time Calvin Munson has been signed to the Miami Dolphins. He's been with the Patriots three times. I just think this is kind of a funny story. The Dolphins brought him in 
brought him in as depth after Jerome Baker suffered his injury. That news was announced over the weekend. Um, really just a depth piece. He was originally signed by the New York Giants. I believe it was at a college, but he was around a lot during the Brian Flores days. I was kind of interesting to see that he's returning it being an entirely new defense and the Dolphins are still bringing him back for that third time, but just a little uh, depth piece to keep in mind that Kelvin Munson, there is some experience. I think he had a couple sacks his rookie year, but outside of that, just really a depth piece too, that you can kind of have a little bit of faith in if he has to come in and play five, 10, maybe even 15 snaps in a game. And since they poached him, he's now on the 53 man roster, right? Yes. And and did you want to break the big news? That that's apparently reportedly, allegedly, that's uh Hugh Wang. That's Hugh Wang. It's it's Kelvin Munson's HBO account. That's that's this? the rumor going around Twitter. It's it's on Twitter. Just did, yeah. Was it just was were there Huge any Wang. players I forget, linked to this? I forget where I saw it. I, I'm pretty sure it's been confirmed. I don't know. I can't remember who who tweeted out. Just go check. That's I'm pretty sure it's huge wing if if i'm wrong then egg on my face how how said it how said someone on twitter said it i don't don't remember who it was sorry too many people on twitter flipping the script here to the offensive line robert hunt did not practice at all this week and he is out for monday night's game with a hamstring injury joshua houts the miami dolphins list robert jones he doesn't have an injury designation as a starting left guard liam eichenberg is the backup left guard center and right guard who's starting at right guard and does that have you feeling queasy at all come uh, monday I'm sorry, I got sidetracked. Van Ginkle actually tweeted out and or put it on his Instagram. So Van Ginkle himself confirmed the real huge Wang is back in town to claim his Max account with a skull emoji. So that's amazing. Um, okay, I, I was right. So what was the question? Who's playing right guard? Who's playing right guard with Robert Hunt out? And does it have you feeling queasy? It has me feeling queasy, but you tell me who's playing right guard. Where's Lester Cotton playing? He's he's got to be somewhere, right? It's interesting because kind of like Channing Tindall is listed as the right inside linebacker. You have Lester Cotton listed as the third string. Liam Eichenberg is the backup left guard, center, and right guard. So it kind of leads me to believe it will be Eichenberg. And honestly, man, he's done a good enough job where he he's kind of what we wanted Jesse Davis to be. Like someone who's going to line up everywhere. They're not going to be outstanding, but you kind of can get by with them playing one game here, one game there. And, you know, once they're set playing four, five, six games, that's when a defense might hone in on them. Yeah, and I think what I like the most is that it's just every every week it's a new interchangeable unit, the offensive line. And I, I just hope Butch Berry doesn't get poached. I mean, what could be his next uh, role? Could he, He's not going to be an offense coordinator, right? I mean, he can't really get promoted. Please, God, please God, don't let a college call it Butch Berry and take our beloved postage note man from us. The Dolphins could be starting their fifth straight different offensive line come – Monday night, but don't be too, too worried. The Dolphins are only averaging one sack allowed over the last four games. Teron Armstead, he was limited twice this week with an ankle knee injury. Joshua Houts, do you feel Armstead will be out there or will will we return? I apologize to the Kendall Lamb and Keon Smith show at left tackle. I think Armstead's supposed to be out there, right? Isn't that what we heard? I'm I'm praying. I'm I'm letting you shake that magic eight ball. You're letting me. Okay. Uh, Try again later. later is what it, yeah. yeah, yeah. Try again. That's what it always says, right? That's what it, my kids. I used to like make them like clean the room up and stuff by doing them like uh, clean the room, and they'd like listen to the Magic Eight Ball. They won't listen to Dad. They listen to the Magic Eight Ball. I think he's going to be out there. I think he wants to play. I think it sounds like he's um, on track to play. Robert Hunt was listed as out, right? I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm. He's out. I, I was. Look, I had to make sure I got that man Ginkle huge wang report down. I had to make sure. I love that you keep saying huge. It's Hugh. It's huge. I know, but but you guys made fun of me for saying it once, so I'm gonna just. Oh, so you're leaning. I read it. it. I read it as huge Wang because I just assumed Calvin Munson. We're done. 
Um, I, I, it doesn't matter who's starting there. I think the offensive line, it'll be next man up. But Teron Armstead sounds like he's ready to go. And for all that money he's making, let's get him out there, right? This is what he's paid for these late games in December. We want to, you know, run that football effectively and protect Tua Tagovailoa at all costs, man. We're week 14. Let's get through this season, please. The last player I have here, Javon Holland, limited twice this week with his knees injuries suffered against the Jets. He did not play last week. He has been trending in the right direction. Joshua Hodgs, do we see him in prime time? I'm going to say no. I'm going to no. say they're going to keep him back one more game. It sounds like they un- he understands how important he is and how, you know, his health for the rest of the season matters more than maybe going out there and, you know, too early and getting banged up again. So I'm going to say he's not out there. The Dolphins are going to be hesitant, but um, we'll see what happens. I think Brandon Jones stepped up in his absence pretty nicely, and they were able to make do and get by, but DeAndre Hopkins is no joke, man. Vic Fangio actually had an interesting quote talking about Emmanuel Agba, Duke Riley, and Brandon Jones, where he really highlighted Brandon Jones. All three of those guys have had to step up due to recent injuries. He credited Brandon Jones because what he said is that Jones didn't get that preseason or that training camp like a lot of other players that he was still recovering from his injury. So while you had Emmanuel Agba out there, while you had Duke Riley out there getting those snaps during training camp where they could be that starter and really understand things, Brandon Jones is kind of picking things up on the fly. Vic Fangio has given him a lot of credit. So I'm really interested to see if Jones can keep every week getting better and better and become one of those guys that late in the playoff push, you can maybe throw a curveball at opposing offenses. Let's take one more quick break here on the other side. We'll get into some key matchups in our game predictions. So stay tuned. Looking at the Tennessee Titans, Josh, we have to start with the dynamic duo of Deandre Hopkins and Derrick Henry. That will be Miami's key to slowing down the Tennessee Titans come Monday night football who do you want to start with? You want to start Hopkins? You want to start Henry? Let's start with Derrick Henry. I say we start Derrick, with Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry, he's in kind of a weird spot. He left last week's game. Everyone kind of thought it was a concussion. Mike Vrabel, coach of the Titans, came out after the game and said that wasn't the case. He is good to go for Monday Night Football. He has four touchdowns in the last two weeks, 4.9 yards per carry last week. They also had Tajay Spears waiting in the wings. He had 75 large yards last week. Josh, can Derrick Henry take over against the Miami Dolphins and lead the Titans to victory? Um, The homer in me would say no, but it's Derrick Henry, right? I mean, we got to be honest with ourselves here. It's Derrick Henry. He's basically a juggernaut. He can turn any defense into Swiss cheese if he wants. So um, we've been very good against the run in recent weeks. I think the last three games, the Dolphins have only given up 67.7 yards per game on the ground. Um, they've been playing very, very good up front, but it's Derrick Henry, man. And we've seen in the past, the Dolphins have struggled at times to tackle, right. To wrap up, um, maybe go for the ball instead of, you know, bring down the ball carrier. So, um, I, I hope the Dolphins go out there and prove me wrong. You know, you're not really that scared of Will Levis. Mm-hmm. You are scared of DeAndre Hopkins, which we'll talk about. So, I mean, you got to consider that, but if you can stack the box and force Derrick Henry, you know, inside and, and just stay true to yourself. I think the Dolphins can make do, but again, it's Derrick Henry, man. He has what 197 carries on the year, 841 yards, eight touchdowns. This is a guy who, again, he's a juggernaut. We all remember the picture that was circulating with him next to um, another Bama running back, right? And it looked like he could just pick him up and eat him like a Butterfinger bar. It was like absolutely insane. Like Derrick Henry is one of my favorite players. And um, again, any team you can turn to Swiss cheese, but when you got Zach Sealer and Christian Wilkins up front, that's a whole different story, baby. Yeah. Derrick Henry's second in rushing yards uh, in the league so far through 
13 weeks. And on top of that, Josh, the Dolphins did give up over 100 rushing yards to Brian Robinson and Antonio Gibson last, uh, last week against Washington. It was the first time the Dolphins gave up over 100 rushing yards in a game since week six against the Carolina Panthers. People forget that Chubba Hubbard went uh, bananas in that game as well. Overall, I... I think this might be old brain type attitude, but I think the Dolphins do better against the big physical backs. You mentioned it, Zach Steeler, Christian Wilkins up front. Those are two guys who can really help dictate the tone in the trenches. I think the Dolphins can really win up front, get the Titans into situations where they're forced second and long, third and long, force Will Levis to beat you. And he's going to be looking a lot, Josh, at DeAndre Hopkins. He has more than double any receiving yards than any other player on the Tennessee Titans. There aren't a lot of big names in this receiving group. Chris Moore, Nick Westbrook, Akine, uh, Traylon Burks is still floating around. You got Chigo Conku at tight end, but I mean, DeAndre Hopkins is going to be the guy, the number one target for most of the game. Yeah, and I was trying to find a cool clip because, I mean, I think during their time at with the Texans, Hopkins with the Texans and Ramsey uh, with the Jags, they've had some battles where, you know, Ramsey would follow him across the field. So it'll be interesting seeing if that, you know, comes into this one, right? Maybe Ramsey went up to Vic Fangio and said, yo, man, I want to cover this guy. It's been that way my whole career. I want to have that matchup and we'll see how that battle goes. But um, to your point, Jake, whether it's Javon Holland or Brandon Jones playing, I mean, that could also be another dynamic in that run game, right? Bring those guys down in, in the box and help them, um, you know, help that middle of the Dolphins defense. So we're talking about Duke Riley. We're talking about David Long. Those guys, this game is going to be so important for them, right? We know the guys up front can take on their blocks. It's up to those linebackers and those other guys to get up there and be able to wrap up Derrick Henry. And, you know, we can't overlook Tajay Spears, like you said. I mean, Derrick Henry sounds like he's on track to play in this game, but Tajay Spears is no uh, joke either. He kind of has a little bit of Le'Veon Bell to him. could be a, a guy in the passing game. We talked about him pre-draft, so um, that's unit you got to stop. But at the end of the day, man, it's Derrick Henry, DeAndre Hopkins. And I still think DeAndre Hopkins is one of the best wide receivers in all of football. And, you know, this year he's kind of shown that. But I did think it was crazy, man. He only caught 50 of 95 targets. Like, this dude's been targeted an insane amount of times, but he's only caught 50% of his passes. I mean, that's insane. They just keep feeding him, like force feeding him, like Hungry Hungry Hippo style. It's, it's awesome. 2011 Brandon Marshall. That's what that's looking like right there. Oh, Will man. Levis Good times. You have no so other far. guys on that. You have no other guys on that offense where you're just kind of begging that DeAndre Hopkins, please you, lead us to victory type thing. Do you remember the hype of Henny and Marshall? Like, dude, they were supposed to be uh, Artua and uh, Tyreek. And, oh and then, gosh, and then there was the, what, what do you have, four touchdowns in the Pro Bowl and, like, got you all jazzed up. Like, here's our guy. We're going to get a rookie quarterback for him. And, like, he'll be an absolute never then they trade him right away. Um <laughs> How depressing wow, that wow. guy quickly. Uh, Will Levis averages 6.8 yards per attempt, and he only has two interceptions on the year. So I'm really curious to see what the Tennessee Titans try to do offensively. Josh, I think you hit the nail on the head. Where the Dolphins are going to play up quite a bit, they're going to put their cornerbacks in positions where, hey, you're going to have some chances to make some plays, but Will Levis has been a strong decision maker so far in his rookie season. I'm curious to see, will they take those shots downfield? Can Miami maybe get caught slipping once or twice. I think that's how the Tennessee sticks in this game. This is a team that averages 17 points per game. That number drops to 12 on the road. They don't have a lot of answers. They're going to need to break a big play in order to stay competitive in this game, I feel, for this Titans offense. Otherwise, I think Vic Fangio is going to do a great job of kind of putting the Titans in a very uncomfortable situation where just every play is a very, very tough challenge to get two or three yards. Flipping the script, Joshua, what are you expecting from Miami's offense after the Titans were torched for 31 points and 312 yards, two touchdowns by Gardner Minshew just a week ago. Yeah, I mean, I expect the Dolphins to go out there and handle business, right? I have a stat here where 
Um, the Titans, I think, were the second worst to only the Washington Commanders at giving up a, a 180.6 passer rating to wide receivers. So, um, like you mentioned, man, they gave up a ton of yards to Gardner Minshew. Uh, Titans gave 105 yards to Michael Pittman and Alex Pierce. So, 100 yards to both of those guys last week. You got now Jalen Wild, Tyreek Hill. I think the Dolphins can go out there and pretty much have their way with that Titans defense, which, you know, a couple years ago, that was kind of what the Titans were known about, right? That hard-nosed defense, you know, being able to stop teams. Not having Jeffrey Simmons definitely changes a lot of that, right? I mean, let's be completely honest. But um, I think the Dolphins should be able to go out there and handle business. But you were talking about a little bit when we were mentioning um, the Titans' offense. You know, they're going out there kind of playing a little bit of YOLO ball, right? They've lost four in a row. Some of these guys are battling for their NFL careers, you know, maybe a coaching job. I mean, they really might not have nothing to lose, and sometimes those are the scariest teams. But I think, um, again, the Dolphins have gone out there, handled business, two had, what, 280 yards last week, two touchdowns. Tyreek Hill went ballistic, what, five catches, 157 yards. I mean, that's kind of what we should expect. Another big game from Tyreek Hill. He should not be able to be stopped because no one can stop him. We get closer to 2,000 yards. Let's get Jalen Waddle more involved, right? I mean, um, I just feel like we want more touchdowns. We want to see more Waddles. That's all That's all I want there. And then, um, God so, almighty, dude, Devon, yeah, Devon Achan. I mean, start him in your fantasy lineups, right, man? Him and Raheem Mostert. What a, what a one-two punch, right? Let's be honest. Devon Achan, we're, we're entering little tricky ter- territory because everybody's coming out and saying, yeah, you're very confident you should start him in fantasy football. He outsnapped and outcared Raheem Mostert last week. A lot of that did have to do with the game kind of being out of the picture. So I'm really curious to see how this Dolphins offense continues to kind of finagle itself because uh, I think Raheem Mostert, Josh, please correct me if you think I'm wrong, is continues to be that 1A, and I think he will get the majority of carries um, unless it's a game script determined thing where the Dolphins are up 20 points at half or something like that. Yeah, and we normally have egg on our face. More times than not, we can be honest, but we can definitely pat ourselves on the back for the Raheem Mostert thing. We were laughing at the fantasy guys like, dude, come on. Raheem Mostert's got that guy. I think even towards at the end of all the Dalvin Cook rumors and things like that, you and I were like, dude, we shouldn't overlook what Raheem Mostert can do, and he's having his best season. So, yeah, I think he's that 1A, but to your point, man, you're the reason everyone's starting to Von H-hand in fantasy. I just go back to you saying this dude could touch a ball, you know, six times and have 150 yards, and it's it's the truth, and I'm going to continue to start him, and uh, feel good about doing so but yeah man in the air on the ground they're always in control you can I think the Dolphins will have their way with the Titans either way they go about this but um, again stranger things that happen in the NFL right we could be seeing a whole different monster when we go out there uh, tomorrow night I thought that statement was gonna I end say with we, about talking Super Bowl I thought I thought for sure that's where you're going I, then well I did that and then I was like okay that's a little too corny so I tried to back off so I was doing the in the air the on the ground that was intentional but then I backed what? away I didn't know what to say I didn't know what to say man You're still worried about the boogeyman here and you down the street that that's that's your issue The Bills they should have they should have took him out when they had the chance man I completely I, I like what you brought up about Michael Pittman and Alec Pierce both going over 100 yards they did it different ways uh the Titans are going to have such a hard time because they're a lot like Washington where Yes, Tyreek's going to get his, but it's how he did it, right? It was those two deep bomb touchdowns where he was basically left alone on one-on-one coverage. The Titans actually have a habit of doing that same thing. So if you were going to try to 
get a little ahead on Tyreek catching a long touchdown pass. I mean, I think it's definitely an option again this week. Or maybe that the Titans are in a scenario where they're just going to say, we don't want to be on hard knocks being the next team to be like laughed, like, oh, you guys are really going to single coverage me again. And maybe they'll take the, hey, you're going to catch it 14 times to get your 140 yards, but you're going to have to get 15 every single time. I don't know which way the Titans are going to decide to go about it, but the Dolphins has such a luxury, man. This is an offense averaging 32 points per game. Tua just had arguably his best game of the season season when you consider the no turnovers just the precision that he was working with so this offense has to be feeling good and man they saw the bills win they are not ignoring everything that's happening yes they're focused on themselves this is a team man we if you think back to before the black friday game mike mcdaniel was talking to jalen phillips and this is very depressing i know but about how this could be his coming out party he's having those conversations with dudes every single week and we're going to see those opportunities step up. So, Josh, before I get your game prediction here, I just want to get your thoughts on who do you think Mike Daniel is having that conversation with this week about you're going to be on primetime. This is your opportunity to become a household name. I mean, I instantly go to Bradley Chubb. I can already see those hard knocks guys saying, like, the astronaut is taking off or something along those lines. You know, I, I zoned out because the only thing I wanted to say, I mean, I had to make sure I got it out, was that Tyree Kill, I just predict him breaking DK Metcalf, right? Didn't DK Metcalf have the fastest touchdown or speed on his yeah, touchdown? Last week. Yeah, so I'm I'm just picturing you, so you know, you're saying Tyree Kill's going to have a big play. I'm picturing him breaking that record in this game. So we'll, uh, if it happens, we'll put this little clip right there with that. So you're saying what guy who's, you know, kind of under the radar where, you know, Mike McDaniel's going up to saying, this is your week to be a household name? Oh, man. I, no, I would say Brandon Jones if I was confident that Javon Holland was going to be put on ice just for one more week, but let's go with let's go with Duke Riley. I, I guess I go with Duke Riley. I'm going to stick to my guns and um, you know piggyback him. I don't know. He was a he was with the Eagles. I know my wife talked about him, liked his hair. Uh, he was making plays on special teams, so I'll go with Duke Riley. You know, if he's thrust into action there, telling him you know go out there, be that guy with the green dot, get this defense on track, and show him that you know you are a linebacker in this league. You're not just a special teams player. So. I'll go with Duke Riley. What about you, Jake? Yeah, I'm sticking with Bradley Chubb. I just think there's an opportunity here for the stars to kind of remind everyone, hey, we're stars for a reason. I think Bradley Chubb, he's been getting close a couple weeks, a couple pressures. Um, I, I think this week it comes all together. And when you consider last week, I mean, the pass rush was getting to Sam Howell, uh, but nine quarterback hits was only converted into three quarterback sacks. I think Will Levis might be a little easier to take down once you get your paws on him, where he was hit nine times last week. It turned into six quarterback sacks. So I think this could be another stat stuffing week for the Dolphins if they wanted to continue to prove to the entire entire league that they deserve that number one seed joshua before we take off let me get that final prediction yo i just want to say how did have what four carries for 21 yards and two touchdowns and i can see will levis and his mobility you know maybe that being a little bit of a factor but this dolphins team man it's a whole different unit you know you're playing at home in front of the the lights everyone you know knows what this game means knows that they can what regain i think first in the afc if they win this game be 10 and 3 sitting pretty with your destiny you know in your own hands um i think we're gonna see the dolphins go out there and take care of business i know that this is a young titans team with a young quarterback who you know might want to go out there and play yolo ball but i, I see a dominant performance so we're gonna see some turnovers on defense, right? I asked for a Bradley Chubb uh, strip sack or force fumble, I think, a couple weeks ago. I'm going to see two of those again tonight. I think the Dolphins win this one handily. We'll go 37, 37 to 17. 37 17. I, I hey, the Dolphins have given up more than 21 points just once since week five. I'm fairly confident about that. So they will keep that nailed uh, it. consistency going. 
Joshua, how to have said it all. Thank you all so much for listening. No, to- no, your prediction. Your prediction. What's up all with right. you? You can't. I'll cut it right there. You can't just dip, though, without your prediction, man. 31-10. Let's go 31-10. Four touchdowns. We'll say we'll, say we'll get Beautiful. to 17-0 at halftime. They'll sneak in 10 points. Maybe Mike White will throw another pick six. Who knows? Do we see Tannehill if the game's out of reach? Do we see Tannehill? Revenge game? Probably Malik Willis. Dave, David, Long, David Long revenge game. I forgot to say that. That might Ooh. be who they're talking to on Hard Knocks. David Long, go out there and show them that you don't have those uh, um, Twizzler, Twizzler hammies or whatever Mike Vrabel said. I think you're onto something here. I like the, I like the, the uh, David Long revenge game. That might be the guy that that Mike McDaniel is hyping up because he gets the couple sacks just bursting up the middle of the interior pressage. I like it. I like it. I like it quite a bit. But Joshua Houts, that is it. We have our week 14 preview in our books. Thank you so much for listening to another Dolphins podcast. We hope you enjoy Monday Night Football between the Tennessee Titans and the Miami Dolphins. We will have a game recap on the speed soon enough. But until then, it's up. It's up.